0: Now, reading today is continuing our series in Galatians. It's Galatians chapter 5 and verses 1 through to 12. Let's hear the word of the Lord. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit... We eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. And God will bless this reading from His Holy Word. Now, just over a week ago or so, the Tokyo Olympics uh, finished, and maybe for some of you that was a delight. Oh, at last, everything on the television goes back to its regular schedules. Uh, Or maybe you're just so disappointed because you absolutely love uh, the Olympics. And you might be surprised that in our own household, even though I'm known as the sports lover, when it comes to the Olympics, Anna is wild on it. She is mad. She loves the Olympics uh, and will watch all different kinds of sports. Now, for a couple of weeks, every four years or five years as it was in this case, we get sucked in by the Olympics, and we become experts on sports that any other time we're not really particularly interested in. And so we end up watching the gymnastics, and we see uh, all the different kinds of spins and different things that they can do. Uh, We see the diving, and we become uh, experts uh, as to whether their entry into the water was, was just perfect, or whether there was, you know, too much splash or not, and we rate them in our own minds. Taekwondo, do we know anything about that? But when it comes to the Olympics, well, suddenly we're wondering, you know, oh, I think they got a point for that or a couple of points for this, and that was a headshot or whatever it might have been. There are lots of sports, aren't there, in the Olympics that we're not familiar with, and yet we become experts on. Now, of course, one of the showpieces of the Olympics is, of course, the athletics, the track and field. Who's the fastest? Who can go the furthest? Can go the highest. Now, of course, in a running race, you of course want it to be fair, don't you? Wouldn't be right, would it, if it wasn't fair? If there weren't rules, then it would be chaos, wouldn't it? You can't take performance enhancing substances, that's unfair. You can't do a false start, you can't go out your lane, you can't impede another runner. That's just not right, doesn't it? You can't trip up another runner. You can't it, cut them up. You can't do any of these things. It's got to be fair when you're running the race. Now, in his letters, Paul often uses the idea that the Christian life is like running a race, and we run the race to win the prize, which is the end goal. And, of course, the end goal of the Christian faith is to be with God forever and to know the joy of our salvation. Now, in our passage today in Galatians 5, Paul says to the Galatians that they were running a good race, and he says, "'Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth?' You see, the Galatian Christians were running a solid race." a solid race of faith. And now it's as if they're running along and and someone has cut right in front of them and stopped them or diverted them or made them go in a completely different direction. And Paul, as we have seen throughout this letter, is is really concerned by this. He wants the Galatians to, to keep running solidly in the right direction until they get to the end of the race. You see, as we've seen over the last few weeks, Paul is concerned for the Galatians that they are turning away from the freedom that Christ has given us to again be burdened by a yoke of slavery. Because as we've seen over these past few weeks, the Galatian Christians have had their heads turned by those who have infiltrated the church and who have been coming in and saying, look, Galatian Christians, what you have in Christ is not satisfactory. There needs to be more. You need to be circumcised. You need to keep the law. But Paul has had harsh words to say against this, as he does again today. Because if the Galatians go down the path of trying to keep the law, What does it show? It shows that actually Jesus means very little to them because they're trying to earn things in their own strength rather than relying on Jesus. They've fallen from grace. And of course it's grace that really matters, not law. It's grace grasped by faith that counts for each one of us. You see, if the Galatians accept that they have to be circumcised and have to keep the law, it's as if they're trying to attain righteousness through their works and righteousness now. But know what Paul says in verse 5 of our passage. He says, through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope, i.e., We wait for a righteousness that isn't fully grasped by us yet. It will be at the end of time when we're we're before the judgment seat of God. The righteousness that is found in Christ. And so these Galatians, who have been running a good race, are, are now being cut in on. And like yeast in a loaf, it's spreading among them and it's causing confusion in the church. Some are saying, you know, you really need to be circumcised. You really need to keep the food laws. There's confusion everywhere. And Paul's saying, no, it's about grace. It's about Jesus. And Paul, in colorful language towards the end of our passage, says that they will have to pay the penalty for causing such confusion. Now the question for us today as we look briefly at this passage is how is your race today? How is it? And I'm not talking about your running race. I mean if I said to you, you know, get outside now and let's run a five K, someone would be like, No, I couldn't even walk five K. How is your race? Not your race of your life, even. I'm talking about the race of your faith. How is that race? You see, sometimes we can be distracted. Some people can cut in on us and and even lead us in the wrong direction. But we are called to follow Christ. As Paul says in verse 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You see, those who have infiltrated the church are pushing the Jewish requirement of circumcision on Gentile Christian converts. And as John Piper says, Paul's problem with this is not that circumcision is bad. He had circumcised Timothy for strategic missionary reasons, according to Acts 16. His problem was that the motive behind the requirement of circumcision was all wrong. You see, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The rest doesn't matter, it has no value. In terms of salvation, it's only about grace, grasped by faith. Only that can save us. Only that is the good race. You see, the cross makes the end means the end of boasting in anything that we can do. Romans three makes that clear. These infiltrators constantly push, pushing an agenda that keeping the law was a ground for boasting, that it was all about the ability to keep the law. Whereas Paul is saying, no, it's God's free grace. You see, nothing is worse for Paul than detracting from the grace of God, found in Jesus, found in the cross. Indeed, in the very next chapter, Paul says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In our own lives, it might not be that people are coming into our lane, so to speak, and trying to persuade us to keep the Jewish law. But the temptation is always there, isn't it? To trust in ourselves for our salvation. To boast in ourselves, to boast in our good works, to say, Look, I might not be perfect, but I'm not as bad as them. That's a temptation in our lives, isn't it? Because we like to build ourselves up in that way. Whereas if we truly understand our situation, that we are sinners who cannot save ourselves, then all we can do, all of us together, because there's no such thing as greater sinners or lesser sinners, we're all sinners. All we can do is turn to God and to thank Him for His amazing grace. You see, Paul is persecuted for preaching a gospel of grace. If he preached a, a gospel of works, no one would have bothered with him. They wouldn't have persecuted him. It's the same today. Sadly, sometimes even in the church. he' sometimes sadly here preachers preaching that you just have to be a good person to be saved. I remember as a student being in a church one time where the preacher actually said all that matters was that we're good people and we're happy. That's it. Lovely message. Gives you a nice warm feeling inside maybe, but they're lies. That's not a true gospel message, is it? How do we know? Because it's exactly That kind of message that Paul is railing against. You see, the greatest temptation for us, I believe, is pride. We think too much of ourselves, whereas perhaps we we need a little humility to realize that we are but the dust, and that God is God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There's a great little book that I have referred to before called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness by Tim Keller. If you haven't read that book, it's only a book of, I don't know, 49 pages thereabouts. And in that book, Keller says that we're called to gospel humility, which is not thinking of ourselves more or less, but thinking about ourselves less. For those of us who are saved— We can know that God loves us and accepts us because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Is that not wonderful? Is that not something to rejoice in today? You see, what, what was happening for the Galatians? They were getting so confused. They are getting themselves in a, a tizzy. Am I good enough with God? Am I good enough with God? Am I good enough with God? Sometimes we can get ourselves into that situation. I don't feel good enough for God. I'm not good enough. No, you're not good enough for God. That's the reality. But Jesus is. That's the whole point. And therefore, your salvation is secure in Him. You don't have to keep trying and trying and trying and straining and straining. You just believe in Jesus. And He's paid the price at Calvary's Hill for all your sins, past, present, and future. It's grace received by faith. All you have to do is to believe in Him. God loves us as His own children. We are heirs of the promise, as we saw a few weeks ago. Is that not wonderful? I said to you a few weeks ago, you ought to be going out of this place ten foot tall. I'm an heir of God. I'm a child of God. How wonderful. And that's what matters. And so often we get that wrong, don't we? We're so concerned about what I'm doing in terms of salvation. i than being focused upon Christ. So this morning, if you are a believer and you're running a good race, keep on keeping on. Keep going. Keep going to the end of the race. Don't be distracted or or misled. Put your blinkers on. My grandparents used to own racing horses, and they used to race them at a low level. And there was one horse in particular, and it was a bit You'll know, get distracted all the time. And so when it was put into a race, I had to get its blinkers on. What do blinkers do? They, they stop you getting distracted. You can't really see to the, to the right or to the left. What can you see? You can see straight on. It's the same for us. Sometimes we need to put our blinkers on to focus upon Christ and to say, I want to live for your glory because of what you've done for me. But if you're not a believer this morning, and if you realize you've been running the wrong race, well, turn around. There's always time to begin the right race. Come back to what is right and true. Trust in Jesus for your salvation and your righteousness. And once you're there, stand in it. Stand in it. Stand firm. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Do you want to be free today? You can't be free if you're trying to keep the law. You can't be free if you're trying to earn your salvation through good works. You can't be free if you're constantly thinking about where you stand in the pecking order. I'm not, you know, maybe as good as Mother Teresa, but I'm better than them. You can be free in Jesus. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Do you want to be free today? Stand firm then. And do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, that's what the law does. That's what trying to earn your salvation does. It's a yoke. It burdens you down. Whereas grace, grasped by faith in Jesus brings freedom and light and hope and salvation. Although not things that you want today, to know that you're right with God, to know no matter what happens in your life, good or bad, that God is there with you, that God holds you in the palm of His hand. Let's run the right race today. Let's focus upon the prize and let's know our salvation that's found in Jesus. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we recognize again Paul's frustration with the Galatians, that they are being distracted, that they were running a good race, trusting in Jesus, and now people are cutting in on them, confusing them, telling them that as well as Jesus, they need the law, that they need circumcision, that they need food laws. Lord God, perhaps that's not a temptation in our own lives, but we recognize that the temptation to try and earn our salvation with you is very real. Lord God, may we trust that you are a God of grace. And that we can grasp that grace by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you that when we do, we can know the depth of your love. We can know the joy of our salvation. And we can know freedom. Because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Lord God, if we come to you this day and we feel burdened down, we ask, Heavenly Father, that we would take the yoke of Christ upon us because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Father, we ask for each one of us here today that you would help us to run the good race, to put our blinkers on, to focus upon Jesus so at the end of time we might know the righteousness of Christ before we stand before your throne of judgment. So, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us through your word today, that you might encourage us. And if we recognize that we've been far from you, Lord God, that you might encourage our hearts, that we are your children, that we are heirs of the promise. Lord God, may these things, these precious truths, bring us joy within. For we pray these things. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.